This episode is brought to you by HP Instant Ink. No one is reading your mind, but HP Instant Ink knows when your printer is running low and sends new cartridges before you run out. So you never have to think about ink. For details, visit hp.com slash instant ink Spotify. Conditions apply. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Ninth Realm, an Age of Sigmar podcast brought to you by FrontlineGaming.org, where you can get all your tabletop gaming goodies at up to 25% off retail. We have all kinds of fun stuff going on. Uh, big sale or pre-order right now. Yeah. All the new FLG mats are available for pre-order. We decided to extend the sale. It was running through Adeptcom, but it was so popular that we decided to extend it to April 21st. And we do now have 4x4 and 3x3s of all of our designs in the web cart. Wow. Yeah. I, I, I can't see them from the trees that are... Yeah, so we have like 63 designs now, different mats. So there's a ton. There's a... If memory serves, there's like 21 or 22 of each 4x6, 4x4, and 3x3 of all the different designs. Sweet. Yeah. Tons of variety in there. So if you would like to save uh, $5 off MSRP and get free shipping, it turns out to between 20 and I think it's upwards of 25% off, depending on the size of the mat. Um, Go ahead and get that, jump in there and pre-order it, and then we will start shipping them as soon as they are made. We anticipate that's going to be the third week of April. Okay. So you do have to wait a little bit, but it's quite a good savings, and you get to jump on it and get some of those designs first. And they're beautiful. They're really cool. There's one right over there on the table. Yeah, there is indeed. (laughs) Uh, We have so many cool new designs, a lot of which are very good for Age of Sigmar, a lot of natural designs. Lava would be great. Um, Well, there's so many different things. You could even use Mars as one of the scapes. You totally. One of the realms? Yeah. Yeah. Like and, there's the sands in one of the dead realms they talk about it's all red sands another one on the fire plains where it's all all the earth and dirt is red so work right in don't be surprised if we start producing all of the realms because the way we do business we can print on demand and if you see any of those mats that you like and you would like to see it with perhaps a hex or grid pattern on it we can do that pretty cool so let us know all those will be in the web cart eventually but at the time being we don't have um Images with the hex and grid patterns on them yet, but they will be coming out. Do they still do Battletech with uh, hex? They do. A lot of that, games. It's been a while since I played that one. I love classic Battletech. is yeah. one of my all-time favorite games. That was my first miniatures game. Yeah, yeah, me too. That's funny. The black box. Yeah, the little cardboard the guys. Half. Yes, mm-hmm. that's so funny. With the full-color card, uh, not even that, paper mats. Yeah, when the fluff was, you're all basically like knights, rare and out there. And then I started playing, picked it up years later, where Kinda. all of a sudden they're manufacturing parts of it. And I'm like, well, then the lore changed about how now it's, you know, you can ransom them back. You would, you would take them from others, whereas before it was like a knight in his armor in a tournament. If he yielded, you would just pay a certain value to walk off with your mech. Kind of interesting. Sounds like another game I know <laughs> where there are knights in giant suits of armor in a feudal society. Yeah. Like imperial knights. Imperial knights. Oh. Hmm. <laughs> hmm. Chicken and the egg. Or, yeah. Just look at the dates. <laughs> All become clear. Uh, GW is known for borrowing heavily. Oh, uh, and taking inspiration from. I was gonna say, uh, there's there's one of the guys in line who writes games, and he talks about that how good games borrow, great games steal. <laughs> you steal what works. Uh, that's uh, Vince, and he does Warhammer Weekly on Wednesdays. He's he's great to listen to, but he, he always throws that out there because he's a game writer. It's like, yeah, no, you steal what works. Don't don't be ashamed. Take yeah. <laughs> take inspiration, standing on the shoulders of giants, but. Uh, 
Battletech was a great game. And if you do want to pick up one of those FLG mats at a nice discount, please do so before April uh, 21st. And you can save a nice amount of money. If after that date, you'll just pay shipping uh, only $6.99. We have the lowest shipping in uh, of any of the companies out there uh, that I'm aware of. And uh, yeah, only $5. great for me. I come by and I pick it up. It works out really well. If you're local, you can just yeah. pick them up. So that's really exciting. Also, uh, please, 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 we are currently in a competition to win a grant. Oh, yeah. A small business grant from FedEx. If you could please take a moment of your time, go to the Frontline Gaming blog. The very first blog post, it's stickied at the top. Uh, it says FedEx grant. Please yeah. vote for us. You also have it on face, the Facebook. Does have a connection there? I think that's where I went the first time. Yep. It's on our Facebook page. It was in the newsletter. If you could please take, it literally takes 30 seconds, if that. Yep. If you could take uh, that time to go vote, all you have to do is enter your email address, and you can vote every 24 hours. So if you don't mind, and you remember, please vote once a day. Uh, it'd be really amazing if we won. The first prize is $25,000, and I wow. think it's like $7,500 in shipping credit, which is the same as money for us because we ship so right. much. Right. Well, that's, that's most of your yeah. businesses. Yeah. Not everybody's local and they come by and pick it up. Most of it goes out. Yeah. Our average customer is not even in California. Yeah. Yeah. Well, most of the time when I'm here waiting for the show or whatever, FedEx shows up, everything stops, everyone loads up the truck. So I know a lot goes out. It, yeah. Um, we do a lot of local business, but the majority of our business is out of state. And that's why we, we still have maintained really good relationships with other local game stores because like, <laughs> our customers are not your customers. Our customers <laughs> live in places where they don't have an FLGS. And yeah. we're servicing people that are just like out there looking to get their hands on product, uh, often at a lower is price. Is there something new they're going to be able to get? Because uh, some Blades of Corn. It's yep. supposed to be up for pre-order this weekend. Blades of Corn will be coming up as a pre-order. So you can, of they course. that drop that that's coming. Yeah, that's oh. going to be super fun. Um, you can get that at 25% off during the, pre or during the release week. Uh, and currently, we have the Emperor's Talons. That was a limited release. We sold through it pretty quick. But you can get the Custodes and the Sisters of Silence. Yeah. So pretty cool. Uh, yeah, tons of cool stuff going on right now. But uh, definitely... Uh, take a look, and if you could take a chance to go vote for us in the FedEx Small Business Grant, uh, there's a really cool video that Mariana put together. Please, uh, please vote. Please vote every day if you can. No hard feelings if you cannot. But um, most people have been in the competition for like two months. We just entered in yesterday, <laughs> but we're already <laughs> ahead of most companies. Well, I, that was a great video. She did a good job. She, on it's that. very. It is good. You're um, all professional in your bowling shirt. Thank you. The, that was my professional FLG polo. Polo shirt. Polo shine? Fine. Well, it has the white on the sides. It does. Kinda... Yeah. It does. Frankie designed that. They look good. Francis. <laughs> they actually do look pretty good. I, I got to give credit where it's due. So yeah, please go vote for us if you wouldn't mind. Uh, we'd really appreciate it. We have a lot of catching up to do. Uh, but I think if we keep the pressure up, like the rate at which we're getting votes, we could pull ahead. Um, Sounds good. Yeah. So that'd be really cool if, if you guys could support us. It'd, it'd mean a lot. That much money is obviously pretty incredible yeah and well just the, the shipping deferment for that and all that would be great because yeah well, every business this size runs on a shoestring and, and it does. the more fat you can put on that string the better it does it does <laughs> like the more you make the more you spend uh, <laughs> but the it's true right yeah like it's it, as revenue increases overhead does too you're just trying to make sure the one is ahead of the other yep but um one of the the very tangible and real benefits one of the things that would happen with that money is that we would hire another person and that would literally create a new job here in San Diego because we need it. Everyone is working crazy. So for people, I, I 
did a little bit of business high school. That basically that's just enough of the seed money to get you that next guy who will bring enough income to keep that rolling. That would cover that would cover the majority of someone's annual salary. Would it? Right? Okay. So then it'd be like, oh, okay, we can definitely afford to hire somebody because we need it. Would and you, I would assume though he would be, he or she would be able to then pay for themselves after a while. You'd oh yeah, of that course. Extra job pays for itself. One hundred percent. Because that's always the hole when trying to grow a business. That new guy's a lot of money, and unless he starts turning in profit takes, right away. It's, it's hard to make that new startup. It does. And it, yeah. it takes usually 60 days to ramp somebody up full speed to yeah. where they're contributing at the level of a, a veteran employee. So, hey, a little business talk there for you. Well, it's, it's interesting to me. It always is because everybody who starts something like this, you've put your time and your money out there and you're trying to get forward and just the math mechanics of how that works. You think, oh, they have more money. They're just going to grow. Well, no, because growth means risk. And if you take it and it doesn't work, you could shoot the whole match down. You're done. It doesn't just, you know, you hired a guy, it doesn't work out, you let him go. Yes. It could really bury the whole thing. Yeah, we, uh, we're in a growth phase right now. We just expanded. Uh, we already hired another person, taking on more painters. So one of the mistakes that businesses make at our stage of growth, when you're past year five and you're considered to be a mature and safe business, is growing too fast. Right. So got to be cautious. And that's why we really like to get our hands on some growth capital. Well, that interests me. So, you know, I... I I'm sure people does. listening are interested yeah. too. I mean, I've never met a gamer that didn't secretly want to be a game store owner or a game or designer. Anybody both. who wanted to run anything. Yeah. So anyway, why don't we talk about Age of Sigmar? Yep. Which I uh, just want to say really quickly, we were at Adepticon last week, basically. He was at Adepticon. Uh, I was at Adepticon with Frankie. We had a great time. Thank you to the Adepticon staff. They did, again, as always, an uh, absolutely fantastic job. I think they were pushing 3,000 total attendees. They're getting up there. Um, they're still the big dog. Uh, great, wow. great event. Yeah, I mean, it's just, it's a great event. I highly recommend, if you can go, go. Um, it, it is a little pricey, but uh, definitely worth it. It's, so it'd be like what I tell people if they've never gone to Comic-Con. If you haven't gone, you need to go. I, I went for years and it's so big and crazy now, I just don't want to deal with it. But if you've never gone through the doors, you have to. So as a tabletop gamer, this is kind of one of those check boxes to, to eventually go do. It is. Like, All it right, I'll one put of the it on things, the list. It was one of the things that inspired us. I went to Adepticon my first time, I think, eight years ago. I've gone every single year. And I was amazed at what other gamers could do. I was, my mind was blown. I, was, I came back and I was like, that was so cool. Because before I went, I was like, why would anybody spend this much money to right. go to a gaming event? I, was, I didn't get it. But then I heard so much positive word of mouth, and this is largely the way these things grow. I was like, okay, I'm going to go. I'm going to do it. And I, at the time, I was I don't know, 27, 28, something like that. And um, I was even – I think I've been going to Defcon for like nine years. I might have been like 20, 26, 27, yeah. And, Every time uh, I talk about the last time I went to Comic-Con, I'm like, it was only like five years ago. No, it was longer than that. Really? Yeah. Is it, was it? I know. It's <laughs> crazy. Time just goes away. It really it, does. It doesn't get any better as you get older. No, the train you know. speeds up as it leaves the station. <laughs> but uh, – it really inspired us. Like it was one of the things that gave us the motivation to go out and do the, the Bay Area Open. So, which, yeah, which it launched our company. So, definitely recommend going. The Age of Sigmar event was the largest Age of Sigmar event in North America. So uh, far, so far, and to give it some perspective, the LVO year one was we had I think eighty that actually showed up. Uh, we had one hundred and four paid, um, and then we had eighty that actually were there the day of a twenty percent no show ratio, which is a bit high. Um, Adepticon, they had, I think, 120 paid, and they had 104, I think. So, again, about a 20%, right. just about, like, an 18% no-show ratio, which is odd for an event 
yeah. like that. But apparently that's pretty consistent. But last year they had like 36 people. Yep. They tripled. Well, they ran tripled. so many events this year. They, uh, they did. Alex, the guy who runs it, he was talking to every show he could get onto, talking about the different events. They had one day or they had two days. And I guess the champion was... You could play you either could play one the first day or, two or both day. days. Yeah. So on Sunday, Which a lot of people weird. dropped. But I, people had to go home. Well, and it's a big convention. If you want more people playing, you got to give them time to go look at it. Fair enough. That's, that's Fair what enough. I was figuring that was for. Yep. And you know what? We might as well just jump into talking about it since we're on that topic. And then we okay. go in the news. Might as well. Um, really, really fun event. Uh, they had two Vanguard, Vanguard tournaments on Thursday. And these were 1,000-point tournaments. Okay. Tournaments. Uh, the GW uh, dev team was there playing, which is so cool. And one of their guys, Ben, won both Vanguard events. He had a Stormcast Eternal list with a ton of uh, – he had a Vanguard list, and he had a ton of Raptors with the, the crossbows. Ah. Nasty. By the way, the GW guys brought the pain. Every single one of those guys brought a mean Age of Sigmar list. Well, and I, I hear buzzing out there that you know shooting lists are – what's coming up that's what's until somebody it's, cracks that shooting is better it, it's straight up mathematically superior that's why they shooting units cost more as they should yeah but this is the thing like in age of sigmar now you need line of sight blocking terrain you absolutely yeah. do you need lots of it like we were playing on fantasy terrain these were fantasy tables where there was like one or two low hills oh um, maybe one or two woods and maybe a single building yeah, in my in, in my pack, what I always list out, it's like you know you need to have even sight blocking and area terrain spread out, and two per two by two foot is what I'm thinking is about right. Because you need something to hide around, yeah. you need something to move about. Otherwise, yeah, a shooting army just cleans you off the table. Yeah, and uh, that doesn't mean that they're insurmountable, but shooting is superior because combat does not stop you from shooting. Uh, that is a part of the game now. Well, uh, it's not. And some of them let you reach out and hit before the other group can do anything. You double turn. That means you get a second round at it. And they've come out with units that do multiple wounds once they get through. Yes, and we definitely saw that. Uh, the, the shooting armies were, were kicking butt. Uh, Frankie actually played with one of the uh, Black Library author, Andy, and they won Best Chaos in the team tournament on Friday. They kicked Their list was dirty. Anybody out there that says Archeon <laughs> needs to come down to points, I no. vigorously disagree. He is... He, in their games, was just crushing people. You can see their game actually on Warhammer uh, TV. Yeah, and that was with uh, Zinch, so you had the dice. Yep. And he oh, has the keyword. Destiny dice are so, straight up crazy powerful. If you if you roll the right setup, you can immediately just pick up that six and go, why don't you take that guy off the table? Yeah, Archeon has a mechanic where I think it's if you roll two, five, or sixes are better. Yeah, it's something like that. Never played against him or with them, but yeah, there's a mechanic where a six, you just pick up what, mm -hmm. never, no matter what enemy wounds. So, you know, a big old model with 14 plus wounds comes over and you just, eh, never mind, just pick him up, get rid of him. Yeah, you remove a model from play. So you use the Destiny dice, you hit a guy, and you go, okay, he's dead. No recourse whatsoever. Yep. Uh, they had two Lords of Change and Archeon. Oh. Now, were they letting you... Dirty, just dirty list. When they cast spells, were they letting them take one of the, di take one of the dice from the Destiny pool for the spell casting? I, I don't know. Okay, because... They said somewhere where you had to take two if it was a two dice roll. Okay. But I'm seeing it on, on their cast even where a guy takes one, rolls it. They, I mean, uh, Games Workshop, and they'll take one of the from their own. So they'll say, I'll have a six and I roll this. And since it's Lord of Change, it's now Double sixes. 12. Yeah. That's, I played, uh, I subbed in as one of the players on 
uh, one of GW's teams in the team tournament on Friday morning. I played with uh, Jez, who's used to be the editor of um, uh, White Dwarf. He's one of the game devs now. Absolutely awesome guy. And again, their team list was absolutely <laughs> dirty. Um, we had a, I, my half, my thousand points was two Lords of Change. Um, and um, a, a bunch of, we had Skyfires, a bunch of other units. And uh, because of the way it works with the Destiny Dice, as long as one of the Destiny Dice is a five, yeah. one Lord of Change automatically summons the other Lord of Change. You don't even have to roll. Because right, uh, right. you take one Destiny Dice as a five, you turn the other one into a five, automatically right. summon him. So, so that must be the way it's supposed to be played if they're doing it. That was where we did it. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, we had like nine Skyfires and two Lords of Change. <laughs> I was like, you guys don't pull your punches. But it's fun. Like, I actually enjoy playing that way. Uh, because in yeah. Age of Sigmar, everything dies. And we, did, we lost our first game. But our opponents had like Cunning Ruck and utterly brutal list on the other side. Um, the new Zinch, yeah, Disciples of Zinch, fire, so. the, the Disciples of Zinch are absolutely devastating. Yeah, well, that, that mechanic letting you take things, even ones are useful if you're playing demons. They're incredibly oh, useful. Oh, here's a little bit of battle shock. I'll pick oh, up yeah. one and get some guys back. It's like, oh. Oh, yeah. Oh, one guy is left. Oh, I pass and I get D6 guys. Yep. Absolutely devastating. Disciples of Zinch, I would argue, is one of the best armies in the game right now. Uh, They're so good. We were putting out like 20 plus mortal wounds a turn. Just <laughs> devastating, devastating. Yeah, I mean they're definitely beatable. Don't get me wrong. Like, well, I, everything kind of has a breakpoint to it, or a, like I said, everything can be killed. So no matter how bad a model happens to be, it can always be pulled off the table. Absolutely, and like I said, we lost our first game, even though we all but tabled the orcs. They had come ahead on points because because of the way the mission was structured. Um, you had to go to the middle of the table, and they had a, a very powerful melee army. We did not, so we just. We couldn't win. The missions were, they were different. They didn't play the general's handbook. They're very creative missions. Forcing um, you to tr think outside the box, build a list for, that's a little different. That's one way to put it. That's, that's one way to put it. Well, that was a stated goal. So it's. And you know what? It would definitely force you to play different lists. I would like, this is an old, old, like the, the event was awesome. I'm going to put a little constructive criticism out there and I hope it's, I hope that anybody listening receives it in the spirit that it's put out, okay. which is that I had a blast. Everybody I talked to had a blast. The event was a success and it was great. But me as an individual, um, my preference is to play like the General's Handbook. Like it's the same with 40K. I like to play kind of vanilla missions because my philosophy is that the mission should be in the background, right? Okay. The mission should not be the focus of what's happening. The focus of what's happening should be the tactics and skill and luck of the players. Right? So the mission should facilitate an equal chance for both armies to win. Right. In my, this is just my gaming philosophy. Right? Yeah. And the, 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 at the forefront, what's being displayed should be the players playing the game. Some of these missions, like, skewed the outcome before the game started. Um, in scenarios where, like, you know, you're placing your, object, your opponent's objectives, uh, depending on what kind of uh, army they have, you can really, really heavily skew that. Like if they're okay. a melee army and you're not, and all the objectives end up on, in the middle of the table, um, even though I know some of the missions in the General's Handbook can go that way, yeah. but when they're progressive, it's like you have, it can be extremely challenging. Okay. Or, or some of the missions, here's another example. Uh, one of the missions you could deploy anywhere on the table, like there was no deployment zones, but you had to be nine inches away from the opponent. In the first turn, you couldn't move or run. Um, some like... That's a big departure from the way the game is normally played. 
Well, do you think it would have affected and balanced lists if people knew what they're going to do before, beforehand? Were well, each one different enough from the other that would have forced a mixed list? Because I think one of the holes that Alex is, he didn't release these in advance really for everybody to get a good look at to write their lists. So I'm sure most people were the standard lists they're going to use for a, the standard battle scenarios that they're in the General's Handbook. Which the General's Handbook missions are all very varied, and they do encourage they you to write a diverse but list. you can push that edge and try to get people to really that, that's one mix way, up their army. That's one way of looking at it. And this, this argument about writing truly unique and like very very divergent missions or playing close to the book, this goes to the dawn of, oh, yeah. of gaming, right? And I haven't played in a tournament like this in a really long time. Because it's not really, in 40K, you don't really see it anymore. It's because the, the, the community has kind of steered away from that. And, and, and yeah, when you'll I, see it in leagues now and again yes, and things like that. But, yes, but not in GTs. No. And GTs, you see very vanilla missions, but that's on purpose. Right. Because the, the, the intent of the modern mission design in the 40K community in general terms, is to make a mission that provides a roughly equal chance for both armies to win, regardless of the way your army is built. And that's why in 40K you have like multiple win conditions. Right. Uh, and when you don't, you run the risk of the mission dictating the outcome, which for me is a really, is a turnoff because in, like I was telling you off camera, it right. was like going back 10 years. Well, and that's why with uh, the ITC missions you did for 40K, you went away from the cards. Yes. The idea of, of a random change is fine, but those cards are so random. I've played games, and it's fun when you're playing with somebody to do it that way, where I'm behind, I'm behind, I pull a card, says, oh, for every, for every marker that's been uh, discovered, get a point. Well, all of a sudden I'm back in the game. That made it fun. But if I was at a tournament and the guy's outmaneuvering me and I get a card that just says I catch up, yeah. that, that would be a little frustrating. Or you get a card that you can't play. Right. Well, like, that constantly happens. You draw cards you just can't use. And there's some people that love playing the Maelstrom. That's the only way they like to play. And that's cool because for, like, for the reason you just said, it's fun and it's, it's unpredictable. And the, 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 well, and for the most part, I'm always in the game because I could draw something and get, you know, have an opportunity to draw something where I get off three psychic powers and I happen to have a cabal on the table. Oh, all right, I'm going to be able to get a D3 more points. It's going to close this up. So that makes... A friendly game a little more fun because I'm not sitting here, I'm behind, I'm behind, I'm out of it, I'm out of it, I'm out of it, and yeah. the game's over. And, and, and I think you said the magic word in a, in a fun, in a friendly game. Yeah. Right? Adepticon ran Maelstrom missions one year and the reaction from the competitive community was so vehemently <laughs> opposed. People were like, I will not come back if you do this again. Yeah, well, I can see that because there are a lot of cards there and if I have just the right army, no matter how much on the ropes you have me, I'm, I can get nine points in one turn. Yeah. And it boils down to what you want from the game. If you want an entertaining experience, use the cards. If you want a, an experience where luck is still a part of it, but that well, your choices are more important than the random chance, don't you don't want to do that. Right. And that's the fundamental that difference. That makes sense. Yeah. yeah, that's the fundamental Well, and, and knowing what you're getting into before you get there. Yeah. I mean, if I were going to run something, it's this is totally narrative, and we're just going to have a good time, and the scenarios are going to be lopsided. Come and have fun. Exactly. So when you come through the door with your army, you know what you're in for. Exactly. Like the Broadside Bash is a great example of this. The Broadside Bash is an awesome event. Yep. It's very much in that same spirit as the Age of Sigmar event where it's um, sportsmanship and paint and play yep. are all a big part of it, sometimes more than your battle points. But everybody knows what to expect when they go. I go almost, I think I've only missed it like two or three times in yeah. the, the 10 years it's been going. Yeah, and, and you and have a blast because you. Go, I bring a goofy, wonky list. I don't expect to do anything but have fun playing the game. 
well, and that's, that's great. Uh, yeah, that's uh, I'm writing the pack for that this year. It's sent it in. I've, I'm still hammering out small corners because I borrowed from GW and other people, and I'm like trying to make sure the language all fits. And next time, every time I read it again, I miss something. Well, but, Scott, we have a, an ITC TO group where you could bounce those off fellow TOs. Are those for me too? Because yeah, every time great. you announce it, I'm like, is that just 40K? Yeah, it's, it's 40K, I... 30K, and Age of Sigmar. Okay. Yeah. Well, then I'll have to get in there because I, I really want some feedback on the missions I've been writing. I really want some feedback because I'm trying to, trying to mimic kind of the ITC missions where you, you have a reason to keep playing the game. Are you talking about 40K or Age of Sigmar? Uh, Age of Sigmar. Okay, well, I mean, the, the ATC missions are the General's Handbook. Yeah. So it's like... Well, you're, you're 40K ones. Got, okay, gotcha. I'm adding in a sec, gotcha. uh, what I a call field objectives right. and then right. other things. But yeah, the way they're scoring that, it's like you can get up to 24 points and 24 points between your sports and your paint that get lumped into the total. As I was uh, lamenting that at the beginning, I can't really use the app because it's going to pair people with uh, True Swiss, and I'm going to have to lump in these other scores and points scored by the end. And the BCP guys have added in paint and sports. Yes, like that was in beta. They did it for Adepticon. Um, that <laughs> and it didn't get used, but yeah, I haven't I haven't used it since they, the last one I ran, which before this. So they just got it done. Uh, it's in beta, but it should be done by the time that we get to Broadside Bash. Sweet. So if you're out there and you're running a traditional event, and when I say traditional, I mean like the original GTs from Games Workshop, where it was sports, generalship, and paint. Yeah. Uh, you, the the BCP app will accommodate you now your points that go into your ranking are only battle points and uh, we want to explain why that's because uh there's no objective way to measure right conduct and um painting or appearance across the board now well in setting up for that second match i'd have to see every single army before we get going and score every one of them that first day to lump those points in. that's that's going to get added at the end. That's way it's going to have to be. And like across the ITC, across the world, you'd have to have the same person judging all the armies in order for it to be fair. Clearly, it's not possible. Right. So we only track battle points because it's subjective. It's not because we don't value uh, hobby and, and, and sportsmanship. It's because the only way to compare apples to apples is to use apples. Yeah. Well, and the, I like the way they set it up because 24 isn't your maximum number of points in paint on the checklist. Uh, any army that's painted to three colors that you did a little bit of extra work on and some nice basing can about really, yeah, broadside bash. Oh, broad, broadside bash. Broad, you can okay. get those 24 points. Yeah. Because I went down their checklist. I'm like, oh, this is not so hard. If you just, uh, the average army I'm done painting will get 20 plus points. Yeah. Easy. Yeah. By anybody's objective score because they just have real direct check boxes. And if you're going past that, that's where we put you up for, is this the army, uh, you know, the best right. army on, at the site and stuff like that. So yeah, fair I'm enough. looking forward to it. Yeah, I, I can't wait. So nervous uh, about judging people's paint. Never done it before. That is, um, <laughs> I can tell you from experience, that is the least fun part yeah. of running a big event because no one agrees with you. Well, not, no one that, I, agrees, unless the, except for the guy that won or gal that won. Nobody agrees with your score. Well, I'd love to have a panel. They want to de- they want to debate with you. They want it. It, it is not pleasant it's it's an important part of an event but it is not fun well and i know how they feel about that because i had my whole box open at the first um lvo i went to and then i looked at my paint score because you guys still had them up at that point online i'm like how come i only got this many that doesn't even make sense everybody's reaction and is, it's, is that. it's because it was everything in the army though i'm sure there were some models that weren't finished yeah what i was had on the table was all finished and ready and had multiple check boxes done not the full points there's no way i was near that but when I got looked at what I had, I'm like, oh, I bet you they looked at the whole thing, like these unfinished that I wasn't using. And people that one, oh, yeah. people <laughs> more often than not do not agree with your assessment of their army. Well, that's going to be fun. Look forward to that. Yeah, just <laughs> have fun with that. 
Uh, but anyway, back to Adepticon. Uh, great event. Uh, like the missions, giving some more examples. There was one where every turn, randomly something bad happened to your army. Like an environmental effect, like mortal wounds hit you, like you got struck by lightning and guys died. Or uh. you moved slow or you couldn't shoot as well. And some people find that fun. I very much do not. Yeah. Um, and again, I, this is not a put down. The event was amazing. I, 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 I really want to make sure that their constructive criticism is not seen as being like Well, a everyone had a good time. You, you talked a, about all the great, great stuff time. for the first 20 minutes I, I was sitting around yeah. waiting. And you just got to that, like at the last part, going, yeah, the, the only thing was this little piss here. That's Everybody it. had a great time. Everybody was, yeah. you know, great painted armies. and Beautiful armies. Gosh, there's so many know. good looking armies. But it was just little things like that where, like, to me, that takes away. Because when I'm at a grand tournament, I want to focus on playing my opponent and either beating them or losing because of my skill and my luck. Not because I something randomly blew one of my guys up and I died, right? Like, that to me is not fun. Some people like that, and I totally respect that. Yeah, well, for, for me, there's enough random in the game. Yeah, and I, like I said, I'm, this is this is just me expressing my personal philosophy. Uh, Fair enough. I like using. I still like to get a good look at him to see what I can steal. I, by all means, please do. I'm just one person expressing my opinion. I know a lot of people I talk to are kind of express similar sentiments, but again, everyone also had a good time. Yeah, a, a great time. Um, really fun event. Uh, just in terms of uh, personal performance. That aside, oh, and then in that, uh, in that wonky mission, my opponent was like, oh, man, I don't like random stuff like this. And I was like, do you want to just skip it? He was like, yeah. He was like, let's just skip it. I was like, oh, good. Because um, he had a melee army. I have a shooting army. He's like, one of us is just going to get hosed. Like, one of us is going to go slow the whole time or can't shoot. And I was like, yeah, I agree. Yeah. Um, and then you're free to do that at the table, right? Like, neither one of us was going to win the tournament. Like, we'd already had a loss, so we were just having fun. And I had a great game with that individual. Um, I ended up going 4-1. Um, really good. Actually, yeah. I saw your standing. You're, you did. Uh, you're above the top fifty. You're twenty eight. Yeah, I saw you? and it's it's funny because in my last game, I was I had. I have it right here. I can even look. I was uh, I was twenty eighth out okay. of one hundred and four or whatever. Um, in my last game, I forgot to choose a secondary objective because just tired and a little hungover <laughs> and having fun. my opponent and I were having such a fun game. And then at the end, I, I'd almost he only had like a, a couple models left, so like I was likely to have gotten it. At six points, and I was like, you know what? I didn't write it down. It's that's that's on me. Too bad. Yeah. If, that, if I would have gotten those six points, I would have gotten 18th. <laughs> it was a <laughs> massive jump. But uh, my free people went four and one. Had a great time. At one point on round uh, three, two guys next to me were the other two free people's players there, and they're both on the same side. And the gentleman to my right had a beautiful pink and blue army. Uh, both of them had beautiful armies, actually. But I was like, hey, dude, your army's a lot like mine. He's like, yeah, I listened to the Ninth Realm. I was like, yes. Uh, <laughs> really nice guy, Carson. It was great meeting him. But uh, I went 4-1. I played some really tough uh, lists. I played some lists that were a little bit, like, a little different. Well, I guess we could talk about the, the, the differences between the armies I thought saw that perform very well and those that didn't perform as well. Um, in the one game I did lose, I played a, a, a Zinch army. Um, lots of shooting. Lo lots of shooting, lots of melee. And... It was a really good – he had a really good well, well melee too, so yeah. – Really good, well-rounded army. He had a Bloodthirster in Summoning Pool. So that was how he got around, not being all Z. Right. Um, and I, I, I blundered on the first turn, but I still would have won the game if I could have rolled a 4-plus to run onto an objective or rolled a 2. So I lost by one point. Really, really nice guy. He and his wife both. But uh, um, interesting little uh, tidbit. Hills do not give you a cover save. No, they do not. Yeah, and that, that cost me the game. Uh, that's in their FAQ. That's and a lot of people think that that's the, if I'm on the hill, I have cover. It's like no, it's just a hill. And I understand why because the main rulebook says if you're completely in a piece of terrain, terrain. You, get, you get a save. 
So like, it was a completely honest mistake. I, he was a super great, he was a gentleman of an opponent. I had a great time. But um, that cost me the game because he was like, oh, my Skyfires are on the hill. And I'm like, oh, I shoot you with my rockets. You don't get a save. I had three damage results. And then he's like, oh, I'm in a terrain piece. I get plus one. I get a six up save. And I was like, I don't think that's right, yeah. but it's cool. And then he uses Destiny Dice, took all his sixes. He goes, stop all the rockets. I was all. <laughs> that's why they're there. But that's, you know what? Shrewd move. I, like I said, yeah. it was an honest mistake. And well, and a lot of people make, there's those little mistakes as you're playing and you haven't gone to a tournament with somebody judging things and they don't have their FAQs in line. There's all these little things they've talked about that, um, I mean, I was just at the GW store actually locally playing a game and the guys all oh, have escalation next. I hate that because my guys end up off the table. I'm like, they FAQ'd that in Christmas time. Are you sure? You... And this, this is a guy who uh, subs at the store. He's not the main employee. He's the, one of the guy. And he didn't, he hadn't heard it. So I showed him the FAQ. He's all, oh, that's going to make my battle so much better. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. They've, they've totally changed it, you know? <laughs> and, yeah. You have to read those FAQs. And the, to be fair, I did, but I couldn't remember it. And I should have pressed the point, but then tit for tat, someone told me that at that event, Hill's, in some scenarios did give you a save or they or they had some other effect like they were mystical. Right. So like, you know what? No harm, no foul. Both of us should so, have done our research. And talk about it. Talk about yeah. it in advance. Yeah. Understand. But it was a smart, it was a smooth play. Yeah, it was. It I was, was like, well played, sir. Uh, <laughs> but then the Skyfires, of course, killed my artillery. I was like, oh. Well, that's that's what they do. They've they got long range. They move good oh, distance. God. Skyfires are ridiculously good. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And... I don't know. I guess you're going to eventually have somebody who feels enlightened, but it's like they're both in that same box. Yes. It's like the Skyfires seem way better. We're going to start seeing lists with nine, uh, no, 18 Skyfires. Yeah, I've read those. And that's why you need line of sight blocking terrain. Yeah. You have to have it. The one upside, though, the Sky, the Sky, their bravery is not that great. So if you do kill a couple of them, they are likely to, to, to run away. Well, it's the, it's the coin. It's, I have yet to see a unit that's just great all the way around that doesn't cost you a fortune. Zombies. Yeah. Zombies are good. Oh, yeah, you guys, you guys have had some bad experiences with zombies. They're so good. Um, usually, my experiences with them, you just mow them down and eventually mow them off the table, unless the guy's gone all zombies, all dedication to it. Yeah. Well, we we find ourselves playing a buffed up unit of fifty. They're pretty damn good. That's 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 a lot. Yeah, with the that's five up death save. But uh, at any rate, uh, I lost that game. But again, great time, great opponent. Lost by one point. Uh, I was still kind of like that was my first tournament, so I was like still kind of getting my getting my, yeah. my rhythm, and then. Uh, well, um, then you swept the other four, so... I, I, no, they had some close games. They are really fun games. My next opponent, I played uh, Iron Jaws, and... Oh, I do tell, because I'm, I'm painting some now uh, I need to know. Great guy. Super cool guy from Tor Toronto, if I remember correct. We had an awesome game. But um, the mission was four objectives. If you hold all four, you win. And then at the end of the game, wh whoever has the most wins. So all I did is every time I play a melee army like that, that I know they're coming at me, I turtled in the corner, I castled, uh, I sat on one objective. I'm like, you can have the other four for now. I'm going to weather the storm. And like, I let him go first and I was just waiting for my double turn. And that's a, it's such a tough matchup. He's running yeah. into my guns. And then when he finally gets there, he gets overwatched with hit on a two, wound on a two, handgunners. Well, and if you have meleeers, you really have a choice. I mean, that's what I've noticed with a couple of games I've been able to play with Iron Jaws. If it's heavy shooting, you, you've, you've got no choice but to go over there. And it really just comes down to like, especially if I go second... You're just gritting your teeth, waiting for the double turn. It was it, he didn't really have much of a chance to be Which, fair. Which uh, actually, sight blocking train would help that. If one of those objectives is behind something, I can just move a unit over there, and now you can't do anything about it yep. without moving yourself. Leave, leave two units back, hidden on an objective. I can't lose. I can only tie. Yeah. So all I did was weather the storm, shoot, 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 and then I sent my um, 
Pistoliers over to an objective at the end of the game, and uh, I had two, and he had one. So I won. Um, game three, I played a really cool, it was like a dark elf army, but it had it was mixed in with some other stuff. Uh, yeah, he had like dark elves are kind of hard to do a mono list with old dark elf because they've broken them up into so many groups. There's so yeah. few battle line. Well, as I understand it, they're changing that. Like with the Stormcast Eternal book, they're, they're taking all those little sub-factions and they're just putting it back into one. Um, well, yeah. I think that's the right call. They, hopefully they'll come out with something with elves in the next year because all those yeah. elf elf players, um, you know, they, they're, they're laboring under hard to find my battle line because a lot of battle line you have to focus in one. If you want to do witch elves, they're only battle line if you're all in that one little group. Yeah, I think they just, just make them all one faction. Like you can even do exiles and wanderers and uh, you know high elves, whatever you want to call them. But instead of having like ten dark elf factions, just make them one, and give them all the the ale the elf keyword. Yeah, I can only then... assume they're going to come out with something that puts those together, or just new models. A lot of us are thinking they're going to phase out some of the older lines, particularly this way, and just kind of slowly, because Iron Jaws are new and they're they've got green skins on the list, but are they really going to keep putting out these older models? I mean, these are the same models I bought when green skins or orcs were in the starter box. Yes. So yeah, how long are they going to drag that line along? Are they going to revamp it, drop it? If they haven't dropped it yet, my guess would be they're not going to. I mean, the, I'm playing the free peoples that are like ancient. Some of those models are so old. Yeah. Um, but the, the game went really well. Uh, Holy smokes. Uh, Reaper bolt throwers. Oh. are crazy good. Crazy good. Are they? I haven't played against them yet. They are so good. Wow. Like, because we had an we had a, we had a, uh, artillery battle because I had three Hellstrom rocket batteries. Yes, I was playing a dirty list. And well, you know, you, you brought like to like. I, yeah, but he had two, I had three. We both had Celestial Hurricanums. We had an artillery battle where neither player would come into the range of the other guy's artillery. But we danced around each other. Um, unfortunately, I had more than he did, so he had to come at me. And... I was just decimating units as they got closer, but he was decimating units with stupid repeater bolt throwers or reaper bolt throwers. Yeah. Those things are savage, especially with a celestial hurricanum. Yeah. First volley, he killed 20 handgunners. But what does the hurricanum do? Uh, the the hurricanum is plus one to hit. Yeah. Uh, and then it, well, it's, it's, the hurricanum needs to be toned down, in my opinion. It's a little too good. It's plus one to hit, has a wizard on it that has, uh, can cast a spell, plus one to cast for everybody around it. Um, plus one to hit for everybody around it, this order keyword. That should be restricted to just humans, in my opinion. Um, it has a auto-hit three-shot attack that does anywhere from one to D6 mortal wounds, right. and a spell that does D6 mortal wounds. It does more. It's ridiculous. And if you are really cheesy, you take multiples of them, and they stack for the time being. For the time being. We're hearing well, rumors that the rule of one may apply to... Yeah, it's hard, hard to say. A lot of guys are saying what they put in South Coast uh, GT, since those guys are in for playtesting, some of that may actually be in the next book. But we'll see. they were wrong with one part because they said, oh, nothing from Compendium, and everything. Oh my God, that's what's coming. And that's, GW talked them off that, other people talked about that. So I would that hate, might not be what's coming. I would hate to see the Compendium stuff go away. I mean, one of the GW guys was playing Tomb Kings. Yeah. So, um, great game with the, the Dark Elves. Really, really good game. He had kind of a mix up. He had some Stormcast Eternals in there. Um, I was winning, and then in the middle he comes back, and then I push forward. Uh, we had a really fun game, and he was like, I hate rocket batteries. I was like, yes, <laughs> as you should. As you should. As you should. Uh, my game four, I played Chaos Dwarves. Oh. One of the most gracious opponents I've ever played. Such a nice guy. 
beautiful they're, they're, army. They're brutal. I, Those siege weapons are. He had three artillery pieces. I had three artillery pieces. Once again, another artillery battle. battle. I went first, so I won because I, I took out one of his key pieces right away. Ah, oh, yeah, that'll do it. It went back and forth, but since I eliminated some of his key pieces immediately, all I had to do was weather his bull centaur charge, which I did, and then uh, and then it was just, I just overwhelmed. Uh, in my last game, I played a nasty Clan Skyer pop-up yep. uh, Mortal Wound Army. We talked about that list. That is... Uh, we had a wonderfully fun game. Great guy. But that army is so dirty. <laughs> yeah, it's, it is it is one of those ones. Like it, The reason I was going through those lists that are that way, um, especially those niche lists, because if he pops up and blows you off the table, he's going to win. If he pops up and doesn't quite do enough or you're ready, you're bubbled properly, you've kept him at the right distance, you've set yourself up, you end up taking him out because they're just not that tough after that. Yeah. It it was brutal. And the, the reason I, I really hit my stride by game five. Like, I was playing very, very well, if I do say so myself. But uh, what I did is I put all my stuff against the back edge. And then I had my 30 halberdiers five inches up. Or, I'm sorry, four inches up all the way around. So he could not pop up close enough to shoot through them. Right. Until I found out you can pop up into combat. If he wants to take the damage, he can do that, yeah. Oh, take the damage. The guys well, have six wounds. They can't die. You literally can't die. But that's the, that's the trade-off. That needs to change. That was, that was malarkey. Well, and when they updated the Stormcast, there's only one group that actually can get closer than nine inches that I've read yeah. through so far. And you, have to, do, one more, and you have to do a combo with a unit. Yeah. So like I was my my deployment was great. He was like, "Oh man, I can't shoot your good stuff." I was like, "Yeah, that's the point." And then I threw my pistoliers up on the corner to threaten an objective, and I was like, "You either pop up and kill the pistoliers with an entire battalion, which is half your army, and now you're out of the game because I put them off in the corner." Yep. Or you leave them alone, they jump on an objective, and I win the game. Well, and that's what I've seen Stormcast players do. They'll I got a bunch of fives, no problem. There's some here, there's some here, there's some here. Who are you gonna get? Yep. You can't do them all. Yep, and, and I'm sitting on all the objectives so you figured out because you have so few guys left wandering around the field to, to grab anything at that point if you've gone all yep. in. And that was the, the move that won the game, if I do say so myself, because he had to take half his army to kill one unit, and now they're out of the game. They're going to spend the next four turns running Trudging over. around, yep. And then it was my army versus one battalion, and I still barely killed it. Because <laughs> then what he did is he popped up in the little gap in between my, my meat shield and the, my good stuff, mm -hmm. and I was like what? You can just pop up in base to base? I was like, where's the strategy in this? This is insane. So then he popped up. Like I said, great guy. We had, we had so much fun. And in one turn, he killed all three rocket batteries and the Celestial Hurricane. I was like, hmm. <laughs> and he had to slug it out with humans after that. He did. The humans won. Um, it was a wipeout almost, but both sides were very, very weakened. But I picked up one objective and it was like, it was like triple relic. You could pick up three objectives and walk with them. Oh, okay. But you had to have five uh, wounds in a unit, so I, I knocked his units down below five, so he couldn't pick any up. Gotcha. And my my guys picked one up on the first turn. He eventually did pick one up, but I had those extra points. And it had to be a unit of five, so you couldn't even get a couple of units together to do it. It had to be one unit. One unit. Oof. So I picked one up on turn two. He didn't pick one up until turn four. It just gave me that edge. Really fun game, but um, that list is nasty. I would suggest as a possible change not letting them pop up in base-to-base. Because you could take the melee units, they have right. six wounds apiece, they cannot die, they pop up, and they just start beating up some of your best units. Yeah, that hit that hit a few rumors today. Somebody put it up on, uh, the Rolling Bad Guys put it up in the way we were in a chat, that there's going to be, uh, one of the guys in there, there's going to be a book coming out for 
um, the, the, Skaven. the Skaven. Yeah. Specifically, and I'm like, oh, I'll look that up. And so maybe when they put that in, they'll, they'll, they'll take that out or make popping up in there really hurt. I mean, let them pop up. I think it's really a neat mechanic. It's like playing drop-off Space Marines, right? So the same tactics work, apart from them just being like, ah, I'll just bypass everything and just go into right. combat with you. Well, either you'd say they can't do it or make it so costly it really is a, a flip a coin kind of choice where I could really yeah. lose things. Yeah, like 2d6 mortal wounds or something. Like, where you can actually kill one of the guys. Yeah. Because I guess if six wounds, they're like, no, I'm probably, I'm going to be fine. But, it, but that's everything that comes up. So the little flamethrowers and everything else. Yeah. Oh, yeah, no, there was, there, each one had, there was like nine uh, storm fiends, and then there was three units or four <sighs> units of, indiv- of the um, warp flamethrowers. Yep, yep. Each one was a unit. Yep. So, you, like, you, it was, oh, my gosh, really good list. And well, beautiful the, They have too. to all come up near the digger yep. if you're using that. That's why, because most people that I've seen go with a lot more of the, the individual throwers because they're going to do a lot more damage than the big fiends do. Yeah, but those guys could die if they pop up right. in, in melee. That's, so, that's probably why I'm thinking, because most people won't make that choice because they have one group and then they have like four or so of these guys who pop up. You don't want to lose them because they're doing all your damage. Right, and if he would have had a bunch of little guys and then my screening attack that would have worked, all he would have been able to do was shoot my screen. I don't care. Right. And then I counterattack and kill all of them. But right. And that's usually the, the trade-off that happens. If they, fair enough. they pop up, do it. Uh, one, last, yeah. one last point on that. Again, awesome. We had so much fun. Uh, Garrett Mulroney. Sounds great. Garrett Mulroney won Best Chaos. He won the ITC last time. He and I played for fun. Uh, Sale of the Faithless is really good. Yeah, a lot of people say he's an auto-include if you're going to do any kind of melee with <laughs> your yeah. army, which I guess you can't argue with 18 inches forward. And a cast on 3d6. Yeah, it's a, there are some shenanigans you can pull. I'm hoping when the General's Handbook come out, they throw in a few more rules of one that kind of bring them in a little bit. Because like with Corn, you've got your banners and they all stack. That's in the FAQ, they'll stack. So. Oh yeah, he, he had a unit of 15 uh, Skull Reapers that moved 18 and then charged 2d6 plus 7. It's a guaranteed first turn charge. I was like, double stoking them, I was like, mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, any banners nearby to give them extra swings? So. Yeah. Yeah. I, they really like uh, it was interesting because I talked to, to uh, um, one of the GW guys and, and he was Skull Reapers they have a six mechanic as well don't they yep so he gave them the one to hit and, okay yeah I saw it's well, coming so there, there's, there's like <laughs> redonkulous stuff like anybody out there let me know the Empire Cannon I think you can still take because it has points it's in the General's Handbook and it has it's own unique war scroll I think you can take it I was, some people have been contradicting I, I believe you can take the Empire Cannon now if you believe all these things can stack right Take three or four Empire Cannons, take three Celestial Hero Cannons or four, stack the plus one to hit. They have a rule where you do a mortal wound on a six to hit for each model in the unit. Oh, now I'm doing it on a two. So if a unit of 20 guys, I'll do on average 18 mortal wounds to it. Yeah. Tell me that is not the way the game was meant to be played. Come on. Like right. on a 40 inch range gun. Well, and that can't be right. That cannot be the intent. Well, it's right. It's just not. Fair dude, touche. Touche. I mean, as I have the same issue. I, and. People bring those kind of lists or do something like that, and they just totally short a uh, new player. That, that bothers me the most when it's a new guy. It turns people off on the game. You know, yeah. cutthroat guys are brought a cutthroat list, and they get out maneuvered. Most of them say, oh, it was a great game. What's that list do? Let me yeah. go through it again. But a new guy who just showed up who, you know, Scryer list pops up, wipes out almost all of his army with two guys sitting in the back going, what happened? He didn't have fun. And yeah. I, I want him back to the next event. I, it's the and, same argument I've been making for years and years in 40K. When you have these combos that, that create unenjoyable or non-interactive play experiences, yeah, the very the, the very best players can find a way around it, and they even enjoy the challenge. But the average player 
won't want to come back. Yeah, I paid the money, drove there yes. to play. To not really get a game. At least an hour and a half worth of game for each round. Not, oh, it's turn two. Let me just put these guys yeah. away. I'll go home now. And, and that's one of the things I love about Age of Sigmar the most is that everything dies. The games are quit. All my games finished with at least an hour. Really? Every single one of my games was an hour to 90 minutes done early. And I had 100-something models. See, and I can't manage that I, when I had the orcs, but of course I'm also moving 100 orcs across the table. Yeah, a lot, the, the orcs. Movement, a lot of people have movement trays. Yeah, yeah. So last topic on this, and we'll move on to the news. So another hot topic in tournaments, and I know you and I see this differently, so I want to hear your perspective. Uh, sportsmanship, where you rank your opponent on sports. Uh, again, old school concept. Uh, that's straight out of the, the, yep. the playbook of old GW events. Okay. I so strongly disagree with putting this into a competitive event because you're incentivizing one player to take points away from the other player because it helps them. You're literally creating an incentive to hurt the other player and the other player has no control over it. Yeah, None. and I, I heard a term they actually use in England for this called chipmunking. Chipmunking. It's, we use it I had never term. heard it before until yeah. I was listening to a podcast ago, and it goes, oh, yeah, I won that a couple of years back because the two guys at the top chipmunked each other. Yep. Like, what? what? And they that, gave each other bad sports scores, so I ended up moving ahead because they dinged each other. And I, just, like, I understand that for some people that this is like sacrosanct. This is like they have strong feelings on this, and I get that. But the system, I think, objectively does the opposite of what it's intended to do. So... On this particular one, and I've seen this before, and again, this is just constructive criticism. I had a blast. I'd go back. The exact same format, I'd go back and have fun. Oh, yeah. But it's, it's the people. It was like, don't give your opponent a five. It was like, you have to justify a five. You have to justify a one. But like everyone was just giving each other fives. But right. then occasionally someone would be like, follow the instructions and give right. people fours. And um, they argued about this back and forth. And, and a couple of people I thought would be for it were against it on a on podcast. Uh, Heel and Hammer. One guy's... He just gives everybody five because he hates the mechanic. I'm just going to give him a five. I don't care. It's do stupid. Do. And, and the other guy's all willing around doing it right. You have to rage. And if you're playing in that in a competitive and you run into a guy who's going to follow it and go, you know, this is a pretty good game. That's a three. Or this is a really nice game. I love your army. You're great to play against. Four. You know, because a five is for that game that was, you know, you want the guy to move into your house. You yeah. want to play every other weekend. But but it's it's like you're you're taking points away from them. Exactly. You're hurting their chances of winning the event. Well, And, the and ones, if you look at all the, like... So many people had maxed sports, and then I like I had a thirty nine out of forty. Which, by the way, thank you everybody. And the yeah. one guy that gave me the four, he had a great game, but it's like he was literally following the instructions. Trying to follow the instructions, but the instructions literally said stop, like do it secretly. Right. And that's like another step of like, what are we like? And again, I know I've got some strong emotion coming out what I'm saying, but it's just like I so strongly disagree with it. Every single time I circled five and I was like, showed it to my opponent, I was like, you score me when everything's fair. I was like, right. I had a great game. I thought you were awesome. It's five. Yeah, well, I, I do like, I did like what they did for the favorite game vote. I don't like that they made it a bar because I ran a tournament that way. And when it's a bar, you didn't get one you can't win. That's, that's a bit rough. But in the heats, that's what I'm going to use uh, this weekend is um, it's a tiebreaker. So if you and I scored exactly the same number of majors, we'd look and go, oh, Reese got one, Scott got zero. Reese is first, Scott's second. Fair enough. That sounds way better. And it's just one vote. So you're not giving everybody the max. And they, they, I, I think most of the people playing that I listen to who are over there and go to Warhammer World to play, that, that seems to be one they all kind of accept. Yeah. It's, 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 it's an interesting question. Like, I understand the intent, and I agree with the intent, is to have people conduct themselves like gentlemen and, right. and remember that it's a gentleman's game and it's just a game. Well, and a lot of the guys at LVO, uh, there's a lot of chat about how am I going to get one guy to vote for me? 
I want to write a list that's going to win, but I don't want to push people off the table because I, I got to find that. And I, it made them think about it, but I think making it a tiebreaker and not an eliminator is a much better answer. Anytime you take the ability for someone to win or lose and you put it in the hands of their opponent with no way of controlling it, that to me is not a good tournament structure because you're, you're just a victim of chance. Like if you play that one person who's having a bad day, or right. perhaps they don't like the t-shirt you're wearing, or oh, what, or whatever. Nice. You have a cool t-shirt, <laughs> but it's just like for me, that is not that's not conducive to a fun experience. Yeah, like to absolutely punish bad behavior, but right. don't incentivize. Well, you may have met, uh, Dan and Wayne were there. They did. They're the ones who had the debate. They Wayne did. was the one who you got to do it right, and Dan's the one I just give everybody. It was eight. The tournament they're talking about was eight. I just give everybody eight because I it's a dumb mechanic. And, and I agree with both thought. of their arguments. Yeah. It's like you, you want to kind of take it seriously, but you're going to know those guys that don't. But what do you think about having just the favorite game vote and it's a tiebreaker? I don't like... So like if we were both at the top, that's just what we look to next. Like I don't even like having the favorite game vote, personally. Because wow. okay. my attitude is this. We're adults. We're playing a game of toys for fun. There should be a code of contact. Yeah. Right? There should be clearly defined consequences if you violate the code of contact, including getting kicked out. If you're detracting from other people's enjoyment, then you should get smacked. But just like, what if you're not an outgoing person? What if you have autism? What if uh, that person uh, said something unwittingly that really upset you? And then now you can't win the event. That's not fair. Well, that's like, that's like objectively unfair. But I'm not talking about it as an eliminator. It's like, if we both score the same thing, but if you don't get you that, if you don't place. get that, your cool haircut vote, you literally can't win the event. Okay. And what if you're somebody who just is not an outgoing person? Well, and I, I think a vigorous method of putting in a sports score and actually trying to make it effective really fits a different kind of venue than what you're used to running but, with a fair 40K. Enough. Fair, fair enough, but then like anybody who is not socially apt, like the guy that won best sportsman was literally running around doing cartwheels, like doing like jumping around, spinning, throwing dice punches back, yeah. awesome guy. But like, who's like that? Like th right. this guy was clearly like a, a extrovert to the max. Awesome to have him there, deserved winning best sportsman, but like, He's going to get everybody's favorite opponent vote because he's like doing like calisthenics at the table. Right. Not everybody like and if well, you played the, if if you're playing the same people that he played, he's getting it. You're not, and it's because he has an effervescent personality, which is awesome. But it's like, should you not be able to win? Well, then we're on it. What about paint lumped in? And that's why I think they should be separate. Okay. And that's why I think they should. Because be that's that's what put there was a first, second, and third by the app yep. at LVO, but. Third got pushed out because one of the guys got the paint vote and scored good enough that those extra points put him right there. Oh, the, the guy that won, and I, I'm sorry, I forgot your name. I have to give credit where it's due because even though I've been critical of some of this stuff, you got to hand it to this guy. He had max battle, max paint. Uh, no, uh, he had max battle, max sports, 23 out of 25 on paint. Yeah. Um, That's clearly a well-rounded yeah. hobbyist, right? But Yeah, the second place that was, uh, and I'm going to his tournament uh, in two weeks, uh, Ashton Austin. I don't remember. It, yeah. And which is awful because I've been communicating with him and everything. Um, but you get put on the spot. Uh, but yeah, he, he took that second place. Andrew was really worried about getting one that one vote because he wrote a cut to throat list. He wanted to win. He's competitive, but he was trying, okay, how do I get that one guy who liked to play me? And I'm like, I, I kept trying to convince him, you know, you play six games, there's going to be that one guy who likes you brought the heat. Your odds are pretty good. One guy. Because you, you didn't get added in. It was just yeah. an eliminator, I just, which is rough. I just I like it when you go into a competitive event to have the variables within my control to as much of an extent as possible. Because now I feel like I'm dictating my, my fate, my future. It's not being dictated upon me. Right? That's the, I think that's the, the fundamental difference in philosophy. So, 
But it's interesting where everybody falls on this. Because oh, totally. people, I think, who they are hobby guys, they like this and that, they hate a sports score. They want a sports score for sportsmanship, but they don't want it In the to overall. affect the end. Yeah. And others, they want it to be the full hobby. Uh, one of the guys who runs up, one's running up in Canada, uh, Kieran, he, he did this whole video about how all of it's part of the hobby and it should be in there. And you give, uh, you give a general score to one guy who scored the most points, but, but again, it's the collection of everybody that gets the top. And, but everybody argued back and forth on this. It went everywhere because I really this, looked, you know, looked for anybody talking about it. This argument is as old as tabletop yeah. gaming. But again, if you're, you're, when you have that system where you have to be all three things, if you don't have one of those things, you lost before you got there. Now, that, what kind of competition is this? And then it comes down to, are you, do you envision your event as a competition or do you envision it as a celebration of the hobby? Well, and that, that might be where this eventually breaks is you run a competitive event, you run a narrative a hobby event, event, a hobby, yeah. a narrative, where you're expected on balance scenarios, having a good time, and like, like I'll claim moral victories in games. If one of my cultists in 40K killed a captain and he gets some boon, that's a victory for me. Yeah, I'm losing the game, but he won. And that's where you'd look at a narrative event is right. an it, imbalanced fight. Some guy did something awesome, and, and you kind of count that. And I, I think that that uh, kind of encapsulates, again, just to close that off, I want to say again, thank you for running the Age of Sigmar event to the whole crew that ran it. I had a wonderful time. I did offer up some constructive criticism. Again, I hope it's taken in the spirit it's given, which is uh, just one person's opinion. I think what you did is absolutely fantastic, and you should be proud of yourselves. Yeah. I had a great time. I'll definitely play again next year. Well, writing that many scenarios, that many things going yep. on at once, that was a lot of work. It's a labor of love. And next, what I want to do next year is I want to do 40K Champs uh, Thursday, Friday, Age of Sigmar Champs Friday, or Saturday, Sunday. Try and get the double crown. And to do all of it, huh? So I had a great time, and uh, I think that's enough on that topic. Let us know in the comments what you think. Again, on any of it, yeah. This debate is as old as tabletop gaming. It goes all the way back. I think you're right, Scott. One last point. That I think what we'll do is we'll see a splitting of formats because this is exactly what happened in 40K. This debate raged on and on and on, and then it was the proof was in the pudding. The events that grew the biggest were the ones that were very objective. Fair enough. And that was... Not to say that the, 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 the all-arounds events don't still occur. They do, and they're still fun. We're going to Broadside Bash in April, yeah, so we blast. And I think the best answer to it is you, you just put out there what you're going to do in advance so there's no surprises. Exactly. Really, people get upset when it's a surprise. Yeah. Uh, I had to do what? Oh, you know, The disappointment and expectations is what yeah. always causes the problem. Yeah, if they absolutely. knew going in, they're like, well, darn, didn't work out, but that's okay. I had a great time. You knew what you're getting yourself into. Right. So anyway, let's talk about some uh, news. Well, it's... You got to see uh, Spire, Shadow Spire. Right? It looks pretty cool. Yeah, it's a competitive one-on-one kind of game. It's a and I heard it's like 15 to 20 minutes to get done yep. with the game. It's a combination deck builder, miniatures combat game. You have a mat. Uh, you have it like a tile, like a hexed mat your opponent does too. You can put them together in different uh, configurations. Your miniatures start out in preset positions that have all kinds of like strategic importance. And then you have a deck builder that you play in addition to the miniatures game. So it's like a combination of like Magic the Gathering with ultra, ultra skirmish game. Yeah, and, and it's supposed to be for competitive play. That's what they're putting it out there for. So maybe like just step into that Magic kind of play where it's quick, it's fast, you can set up and play the next game. You play two out of three. Uh, but the, the funny part is everybody I follow on Twitter, you know what the first thing I saw was? Not the game, not, not how it was the played. Not, but specific miniature. The girl, the female, the female storm cast. cast. Finally, there it is. Oh. It's like, it was that, and then like, oh yeah, and the game's pretty cool too. <laughs> uh, and the female storm cast does not skip the gym. 
She's ripped. <laughs> she's ripped. And the armor anatomically is you can tell it's a female, but I think it's pretty tastefully done. Yeah. It some people good. some people get really upset if there's like well pronounced female anatomy. I yeah. get it, I get it. But it's like when you're looking at a miniature that's this big, you need to be able to tell from a distance that it's a girl. Otherwise, right. why bother? It would just look like a small man. Yeah, you'd have to pick it up and stare at it. And yeah, so it's like, yeah, they have I to I didn't think it was that exaggerated. I no, saw the picture it was of it very at about done. this range from the camera. It, it yeah. looked pretty decent. It was very tastefully done. I thought they did a good job. Uh, the male with his, uh, the male Stormcast film with his helmet off, he's a it, handsome man. Everybody's talking about that one too, how he's got a helmet off, it's looking really good, it's the right proportions, because a lot of guys have been trying to find the right heads to fit in, and you got to find the right scale, and they're just a little bigger than really a 28 millimeter head. They, they, it, the, the miniatures look amazing. The the, uh, the corn bloodbound miniatures, each one is like a unique guy with a name. They all have names, but like they're very very cool. One guy's name is Blooded Sec, but the first time I read it, I read Bloody Steak. Forever, <laughs> that was what he will be known to me. The game and looks, for many others now. <laughs> the game looks really cool. We also got a really fun interview uh, with some of the game devs. Uh, we will release that later in time, but talking about all kinds of fun stuff like the Crash yeah. and Overlords. Uh, really cool. So they're once, gonna bring all sorts of stuff out. It, it, everything they dumped there. I mean, my my pocket was buzzing every minute. I'm pulling something out, and I didn't want to put the phone away because I knew another thing was going to come. Yeah, it's such. They're they're just rolling straight straight at us. Yeah, as players. I mean, it's just incredible. It, the Crabgen Overlords have some really really cool stuff. Stay tuned. As soon as they tell us we can release that interview, we will. Um, wow, they they do things that I didn't know about that is like completely different. Like it's yeah, apparently they're on twenty cool. fives. The individual guys. I don't know. Well, when they were they did the paint with Duncan, they were doing the little foot guys and the pictures. They look like twenty fives. Cool. They look like twenty fives. I was figuring they'd be on thirty twos like the Fire Slayers are, but which is unfortunate. They shouldn't be, but they are. <laughs> um, so anyway, what other news we got? Oh, one last point. That's another reason why you should go to these events, make the trip. You get the inside scoop on some new stuff. Yeah. Well, there's pretty much everything else is already released. They're just showing us more pictures. Um, how the ships work. They had a great picture out today. Um, the ships are going over something. It's like tentacles reaching up, trying to get at them. Just yeah. fabulous art as always. So that this release is just, they're just pumping it. I think it looks great. great. Yeah. I, I think they look amazing. Um, we already talked about that. The new corn book's going to be out. This is the first one. We don't know any of this going to be released. We do know it's at April. And I, I wouldn't be surprised if there was some kind of cool mechanic like we've seen, like we've seen in Disciples of Zinch, something very corn-ish. I'm speculating here. I don't know anything. Yeah. Um, but I would guess that that's going to be the direction that people they go. put out ideas of blood counters. People put out ideas of maybe wound counts. So, something with the number eight. Number eight. Yeah, yeah. It, it's it's kind of just spinning. And and they haven't they haven't released anything new that we that I, I I've been able to bring to the show. But I, I don't I don't sorry. know either. I am excited <laughs> for it because uh, Corn Bloodbound is very. But good. But it's all new pictures. You want to know? Just go to the community site. That's where you should go for all the information because it's all there. It's all there? They have so much. That's such a good resource. They have so much information. Um, what else do we got going on? Well, they dropped the new photo, of course. They do it every uh, Wednesday. And I'm not really sure what to make of that. Like an anchor for a ship? Is a dragon in the water? Is that. Yeah, it does look dragon like it's dragging the dragon into the mud. I'm going to guess it's a Karadran Overlord thing. It looks like little feet, though. And then there are spikes on the edges or something. And it's a really close picture, so it's hard to tell. Well, maybe who else is a seafaring? Some of the elves are seafaring. Uh, the dark. Well, and, elves. and the new the new um, book, uh, new quest book, had a, an uh, elf in it. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe. Maybe well, that's where we're going. This the high elves were seafaring people, and the dark elves especially were, um, because they're you know Eric of Melnabone from. When they. Oh. Michael Moorcock's books. <laughs> Almost. Well, 
<laughs> yeah, and they've talked about how like the the one of the books how the elves will come into port and they go out to other realms by sea. Yeah. So maybe that maybe that's a, a clue. And of course, we don't know when that would drop because some of these pictures have literally been four months out from the actual. Here it is. We showed it to you. And sometimes it's the next week. Well, we'll have to wait and see. Yeah. Very cool. So I, I think we're ready to just wrap up, go through our, have we uh, had any new scores, new oh, placements? Dear, but we don't have the, the flute. Oh, yeah. Walk about the realms. All right. We just heard we'll the just, flute. We'll just imagine it happened. We just, we just heard that flute. Um, hobby, I got most of my free peoples done, although I'm changing my army quite a bit. Actually, a lot of people ask me about my list. I'll just read it off. Okay. Uh, a ton of people were asking, like, what yeah. do you bring? Because you know other free people players there. Like, yeah, and everybody who I, I text with who wants to do it at all, hey, ask them to do it. So the st- I, I have a battalion, the state troop detachment. You know what was interesting? Barely anybody was using battalions. At, really? I, I was, like, flabbergasted. I was like, how many drops do you have? I'm like, oh, gosh, hope they don't have three, two, like, 15. I was like, what? Yeah. You're not using battalions? It's like... To me, that's the key to making a list really sing. Yeah, it gives it the it gives it the rules they need to to synergize and work. Um, so I have a state troop detachment that's from the Empire Compendium. Uh, uses the the keyword free people. Uh, it's like the um, the free people's detachment in the book, except it's a lot smaller. So it's uh, a general, three units of of either guard or the shooting units, okay. and then one cavalry unit, either outriders or pistoliers. So I took a, a general with a banner, Phoenix Stone, the inspiring uh, command trait, on foot because I didn't have him on a horse. Didn't, it didn't make any difference, really. Yeah. Um, I would always run him on a horse, but... Well, and you said almost all your games, you were castling, you were placing, you were trying to yeah, my set strat- up and not really move. My strategy, even on missions where I have to go out and get objectives, is usually to like hang tight, shoot, 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 take away their ability to go get the objectives, and then to go. Right. Um, I had a unit of 30 um, halberdiers, a unit of 10 pistoliers on cavalry, they shoot just as well as the uh, handgunners when they're buffed. Uh, and they're super fast. Yeah. And they shoot in combat too. I had uh, 20, two units of 20 handgunners. And then the, uh, the, 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 the detachment bonus is what makes the army work. You get plus one to hit if you're within six inches of another unit from the detachment. But more important than that, you ignore battle shock on a one or a two if you have a banner, a one if you don't, and then the general with the, uh, with the banner, he lets you roll two, take the lowest for battle shock, and then Oof. the inspiring command trait lets me re-roll it. So I get four chances to roll a one or two to ignore battle shock. That, so you don't lose that many guys. That is, I barely lose any. Yeah. That is what makes this work. Because my halberdiers hold the line, they take the charge. Because that's always the whole of any mass unit is the battle shock. Yes. If you don't have control yeah. of it, you, they just wither away. 100%. So the general is the linchpin. As he should be. Yeah. He holds everything together. And then uh, beyond that, I have a Celestial Hero Cannon with the Battle Mage and the Phoenix Stone. That's my favorite upgrade. My guys don't want to be in melee. They want to d- stay alive. Right. And then I have three Hillstrom Rocket Batteries, which are dirty. So the obviously the, the, the Hero Cannon sits next to him. They hit on a three, wound on a three, Ren two, two D6 yes. damage. Or I'm sorry. And a hundred, at 180 each. D6 damage with three shots. Yeah, they should be more expensive. Yeah. They're so much better than everything else. They don't need line of sight. Yeah, as I'm thinking for 180, they can easily wipe out five of my iron jaws that are trying to come across the oh, table. And, and they did. And they yeah. did. <laughs> and the, the thing is, you shoot infantry with them, and you use your handgunners to kill monsters. Um, because the thing is, that it's so fluky. It seems it seems weird just in the story of it, not yeah, necessarily the rules. <laughs> the the rockets, like if they have a three up save, like say they have um, uh, uh, Mystic Shield, they have a two up save. 
They have like a four up or a five up save. If they make it, you do no damage. Whereas with the handgunners with uh, 20 shots, usually hitting on a two, wounding on a two, because again, the free guild general has got the amazing command ability. It gives three units plus one to hit wound if they don't move. They don't move. So good. Yeah, well, if you're shooting, yeah. Well, no, I do it with my halberdiers all the time. As soon as they get stuck in combat, I'm all boom, plus yep. one to hit wound. Now all of a sudden, hitting on a two, wounding on a three, rend one, they're but killing it's something stuff. you can still throw out while you're waiting. Yeah. Yeah. And the, the handgunners have overwatch, or they have stand and shoot. And then what you do is Which the halberdiers. Which is always good. Oh my God. Oh, always so good. Because I, 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 this the elf unit that does that. I, I have a couple of those I fielded with an order. And yeah, every time they charge in, just killing one or two is so big. They're, and with them, they hit so hard. They, they probably do better than, than that. They, they average like 18 wounds <laughs> at rend one. So you put, the, you put the halberdiers out front. I'm switching the swordsman because using them as defensive, the swordsman is way better. And then you put the handgunners one inch behind them. So somebody, you, more, I'm sorry, more than an inch behind them, just right. ever so slightly. So someone goes in and charges their screen. Even with two-inch reach, they can't hit the handgunners. The handgunners shoot through them because they have a three-inch, if you end your charge within three inches, you shoot. And they get 20 shots hitting on a two, wounding on a two with Rin one. Bloodthirster came in. I did eight wounds to him. He whiffed, and then they shot him and killed him in the next turn. The guy was like, <laughs> Bloodthirster just got punked by handgunners. Guns, yep. The handgunners, typically speaking, once you get close, they do the most damage. Yeah. And the halberdiers actually do a lot of damage, too. Well, that's shooting. I mean, I'm sure they don't hold up that well in a fight. Not having fought Again, them before. They're not running away, usually. Right. Well, they're not running away, but they take that's casualties. a lot of things, a lot of they, the shooting. You kill six or seven, ten of them, I'm still shooting you back with ten shots. Yeah, you get your shot And then I'm stabbing you with my knife, and again, I'm hitting on a three because I get, uh, you get the buff. That's I get right, plus yeah. two to hit. It's, and then again, I'm getting plus one to wound as well, so now they're wounding on a four. They're hitting better than like, they're hitting like Blood Warriors, essentially. Yeah, because usually the trade-off with most of your range units, even Stormcast range units, you just, oh, you got into combat, great, one attack. <sighs> yeah. <sighs> they just don't do very well, and then you shoot them, and that's where it all comes back yep. around. So the, the army synergizes really well, works really well. Uh, the limitation is that when you have to go get objectives, you really have to think it through. You really have to think how you're going to get it, right? Because usually you can't, if you go spread out, your army falls apart. Like you have to go, okay, what turn do I need to go get this? Yeah, and that's where the pistoliers like have to come keep from. it together because everything's yeah. a bubble. And that's where the pistoliers come into play. And again, if you position the pistoliers right, they shoot, but they shoot their guns in melee too. So then you put them back three inches or two inches. Someone charges the halberdiers, they're engaged. You wait. You have the pistoliers activate last. Then they pile in and they shoot through them. And they're going to be hitting on usually threes, wounding on threes, rin one, 20 shots. I was just blowing people away. They yeah. hit the halberdiers, the halberdiers stick, and then just pow, 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 pow. <laughs> well, it doesn't sound like any fun for my iron jobs to play. I'd have to run across the table and yeah. get shot. And that's when if I had a sideboard, I would actually switch out. I would take some of the rockets away and put in more fun stuff. Because otherwise, it's not, even, it's not going to be much of a game. Yeah. Anyway, uh, that, was the, that was that, and I hope that that helped explain it. Because a lot of people were asking. Yeah, well, the only hobby I did is I finished painting my Maw Crusher. So I got him all put out and put the pictures out on Twitter, and I got to play a game. Oh, nice. We did uh, uh, three, was it three plate? Yeah, three places of power, so I had to run my Maw Crusher into the middle into a 40-man unit of um, Blood Reavers that just, had all the buffs. Did you rip them apart? Oh, I killed a lot of them, but, but 40, they're still swinging. But he, was get, he had everything piled up where he's getting like six attacks each guy with Ripper Axis, so I was taking one yeah. rend for each one. I was like, all right, he stood for one round of it, and then the second round, that was it. Because it's just so many. And he, he rolled really well, actually, for that first one. And your Maw Crusher looks awesome. I guess if you're watching this, you'll be seeing pictures. Really nice job. Those are great. Yeah, I, I 
I was proud of how you come out. I, I'm not not a pro painter, but no, I think it looks great. I, it's done. Um, had a great time. Absolutely loving Age of Sigmar. Having so much fun with the game. Frankie is absolutely addicted too. Um, hope everybody at Adepticon had fun. It was really nice meeting everybody. Thank you to everyone that came up and said hello. Uh, there's a bunch of fun events. There's a bunch of people that are throwing the hat in the ring to be, throw GTs. There's one coming out yep. in Nashville. Nashville, uh, yeah. Yep, which is a really St. fun Louis. city. St. Louis. St. Louis. Yeah, the game is blowing up right now. Everywhere. Yep. And hopefully they file with us so we can put it online and advertise yeah. it. A lot of guys are joining in the ITC. Just And again, remember, you, don't, you can run it however you want. Yeah, anyway. Even my opinions aside, you do it however you think and, is going to be And right be now, the it's just, a, it just there's no real pack at all. It's just run out of the book, whatever. Yeah. So if you want to change things up and do it your own way, go right ahead. Go right ahead. The first rule of the ITC is you can change any rule in the just, ITC. I would go with my first warning is just make sure your pack's out there in advance. So people know what they're getting. Know what they're getting into. Um, any and, other uh, hobby you did? Oh, you want to talk about some of the events? Yeah, well, let's wrap up with the events. I think we're been here a while. Uh, uh, we have Galmaraz, yeah. a match play event at the House of War, Ringwood, Australia. Australia. Uh, Age of Sigmar ITC tournament in April. That's going to be a gameology up in Monte Claire, California. Uh, Addie's Carnage. Ooh, that's, Addie's mine. that's mine. That's this weekend on Saturday. Yep. I am 99% certain I have nothing going on. My free people will be there. Cool. It'll be fun. Actually, I want as many people showing up as possible because every time more people show up to a, any of these, store owners get that it's catching on and will support us more and more and more. Yeah, and I, I would love to, to get out and actually play. And after that is uh, Adrian Sigmal Battle Host Tournament. That's going to be next weekend. I'm going up to that. It's Santa Clarita. And um, then Unbound it, uh, out at uh, Scottsdale. Games Workshop, Scottsdale Town in Arizona. And then on... Age of Sigmar, Bad Saturday. Actually, there should be one more in here because I know there's one uh, conflagration's being run up at... Uh, Castle Conflagration. Yeah. Yeah, right Up on. in the San Jose area because I'm driving up there. I'm going to go to the other side of LA for the first one then finish the drive up. Nice. Meet the guy. I, I met so many wonderful people. That's the great thing about going to the events. You meet these people you want to yes. go do things with them. And it's not that long a drive and I'm on vacation right now. So when I come back Monday after all that, I'm not going to have to crawl into work or worry about it. I'm just come back, take a nap. And going to the events, without question, the best part is the people. Yeah. Without question. Anyway, Bad Sunday was Bad Gate Saturday. City. Bad Saturday. It's Gate City, Virginia. Uh, Virginia. Nice. Memory Lane Antique Mall. Well, those all sound like fun. Make sure to go out, support your local events, get your ITC points. And let us know if your event's happening so we can put it out there. Yeah, and uh, remember the app will be allowing you to use soft scores. Even though I may not like them, a lot of people do. So if you Just, want to use them, go right ahead and the app will support that. So that'll be a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to seeing how that works because I know broadsides all... It's, it's A lot of people enjoy it. Yeah, and so we want to facilitate everybody having fun. Yep. That's what it's about. Um, I can't wait for Broadside Bash, too. So hopefully we'll see you all there. That will be at the end of April. All right, guys. Well, thank you so much for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed this episode of The Ninth Realm. Remember, please vote for us in the FedEx Small Business Grant Competition. Again, you can find that link over at Frontline Gaming. It's the top blog post. It's titled what I just said. Uh, also, if you want to pick up an FLG mat, it would equates to 20% off when you factor in the free shipping. Uh, it's a pre-order. These will ship probably third week of April please jump in and do so now. We have them in 4x6, 4x4, 3x3, and like 22 designs in each size. It's crazy. And yeah, thanks for listening. Thanks for coming on. Appreciate it. We'll talk to you next week. Bye.